We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to another edition of Talking Yang. Jeff Erickson, Chris Liss here. The international edition. They're all international editions until Chris decides to come back or I go to Portugal, one or the other. I do need to go to Portugal sometime, Chris. I'd like to go there. Um, it's just a matter of uh, with this busy kid schedule and all that, trying to figure out a time to do that. But I, I do want to make it there. I think you're going to stay there for a while. You're going to still buy that place. Uh, maybe, uh, depends on a bunch of variables. One of which is tax related, which is way too boring to go into in this podcast that we have digressed into boring topics before. This would really take the cake. Um, so yeah, there's some every topic exciting. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, the tax issues here in Portugal, but yeah, if if we get that resolved, we've got this takes for everything takes forever here. Yeah. It's, it's, I hope we're here for a while. It's a nice place. You should visit. You'd be welcome. You could stay here with us. Although, with both girls, I think it would get a little crowded in the one guest room we have for you, but um, it's cheap here. You wouldn't even need to. You could get yourself like a nice Airbnb or hotel. Right. And that way you wouldn't feel the burden of making sure like, oh, are these guys entertained? We just, you know, because that is one thing. When you have people over and they stay like multiple days, I mean, you usually only have time to do like one, take them to a couple of your favorite places. And then you got to do your own thing. You got stuff going on. Plus, you know, you might get fatigued of each other too. Good tip for when you're having people over. I mean, just... Yeah, make sure they're 
independent enough that they can go do their own thing sometimes. That's tr- that holds for my parents too. My parents, they're good. They'll rent a car. They'll go do find some sort of site. You know, they'll go go to a museum on their own. I'll uh, sometimes pick up a driving in the carpool lane ticket while well, they're not supposed to do that, but using my car. But whatever, um, that happens. That's cost of doing business. Uh, but yeah, you, you, when you're when you're traveling with someone and you're going to see someone, don't make them entertain you for two or three days either. Yeah, I, I rarely entertain people to that extent. Heather always takes it upon herself. She worries that I'm entertaining like my mom too little and then starts taking her around all the time. I'm like, you don't have to do it. Just She's like, yeah, but you won't do anything. And then she'll be bored. I'm like, no, I'll, I'll do it. Just let me be. And so I take them around a little bit. So I hear you, man. I, I don't believe in the uh, entertain everyone. You know, some I'll give them suggestions where to go, and I'll go with them to some places. I took right. Trevor Ray, that nutless monkey, around. So uh, a little bit, but he had his own thing. He was with the, uh, his his girlfriend, and they did their own thing. But you know, I when, think when you go to Lisbon, what's the one must see for you? Not necessarily for the public, but for you. It's me. I'm the must see. Oh. Uh, I think that's for the public uh, and for anybody who's contemplating going. No, it's uh, there's nothing. There's no must see. Like people go to the castle, Castello Sao George is it's got a nice view. You know, the people go to uh, different areas. You know, the there's like different historic things, but there's no, there's no Eiffel tower in my opinion of, uh, not that the Eiffel tower is the Eiffel tower, but, or even um, Prague castle, which is the home of the original defenestration. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, the defenestration is absolutely a must. Although I didn't go to Prague castle when I was in Prague, I'll tell you though, that, uh, it's an interesting thing. Um, there's something called the, a concept called the shelling point and it's a really cool concept. And it's like, if you and me were going to Paris and we had to meet up with each other, but we had no way of communicating. Where would you go to meet me? Probably Eiffel Tower. Yeah, right. Or it's just, the Louvre. It's, I don't know. If you're like, right, one of those two, but probably the Eiffel Tower would be your first choice. You'd be like, look, he's trying to meet me. I'm trying to meet him. We can't communicate. Let's just go to the Eiffel Tower. You would just go there because it's the obvious thing to do. And there's that. That's a concept that uh, it's an interesting concept. So anyway, there is no shelling point to my knowledge in uh, Lisbon. All right. Um, no, no. Maybe a soccer stadium. I don't know. That'd be cool. Or a certain Benfica. restaurant. Yeah, you go to Benfica, but there's two stadiums. Yeah. And if I, you're knowing go that you're not a big Ramiro, soccer aficionado, that probably wouldn't work. It's just there's. I don't think there's one place in Lisbon. There's Praça do Comercio, which is this kind of cool square. But you know, there's like five sites that are all kind of whatever, equally iconic. That's not why you go to a city, though, man. You got to get the for me, it's like you just got to get the vibe of the city, walk through it, go away from the tourist places, go to some restaurants, go to some uh, regular different neighborhoods, walk around. That's, that's I think, the best thing to do in a city. A lot of walking to do there, especially if you go the wrong way. Yeah, uphill, man, Get, gets you in good shape. Uphill both ways, in the snow, no, sh- no, no boots, no snow boots, no, no shoes even. It's tough. It doesn't snow here. It's like L.A. I know. I was just being silly. Okay, let's talk football. Begrudgingly, we got to talk a little football. I want to start off with my stupid Bengals. We did this on the air on Sirius and XM, but I think it bears repeating, especially because the news is out. They fired uh, defensive coordinator Terrell Austin, and they have hired nobody yet. It's going to be Marvin Lewis. He's going to be the defensive coordinator oh, and the head coach. That's his best role. He should demote himself. If he really were a leader, he'd demote himself to defensive coordinator, and they would hire an at-large coach. They would find another coach. See, here's where the problem is. Hugh Jackson is available. 
And there's already some talk about Hugh Jackson being the guy that they're going to bring up, bring in as like help with the offense. You know, keep an eye on the offense while he's when Marvin's focusing idea. the def- focusing on the defense. It's a good idea. You know, I was in this. Uh, I think it was an NFBKC hoops league once, and this guy in the league, his name was Hugh H U G H Jasshole J A S S. I'm sure that's his real name. I don't think it's his real name. It could be, but I don't think so. That was his chosen name. So it was Hugh Jasshole. And I kept I kept saying, oh, Hugh Jasshole is ahead of me in the standings. Hugh Jasshole is you know whatever. And then whenever I think of Hugh Jackson, I always think of Hugh Asshole. Basically, <laughs> I can't get it out of my. I can't diso- I can't uh, separate the two associations. Good story, man. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but it, it, it's more the same. And yet here I am. I'm still like hoping, hoping that uh, you know things will turn around. But they're never. It's never going to turn around. It's Why do you still root for that team? Because I, mean, I haven't I found understand. another. It's inertia. Inertia is really the thing that's kind of. Uh, Taking uh, run, run the day okay. here. Let, let me make you a pitch. Let me make you a pitch here. It's not going to be the, the Giants team. have one win this year, so you're you're definitely not you know jumping on any kind of bandwagon. So you don't you can't be accused of that. They have, in my opinion, a good coach. Front office is suspect, but the coach is good. They've got a generational running back and receiver on the team. They've got some good individual defensive pieces, though the defense has mostly been dismantled. It's okay. I think the defensive coordinator uh, is not bad. James Betcher. I think he's done an okay job with, with a being dealt a tough hand. And I think this team is not that far from contending. Obviously they need a real quarterback, which I think they'll have by next year, one way or the other. And I think it's a great time to buy low on the giants, Jeff. And, um, we'll have you, we'll, we'll, we'll take you in if you want to be a fan of the giants. Yeah. A few, a few people have jumped off that bandwagon. I'm sure there are seats available. I'm going to decline. Cause you still have the same crappy owner. And I've gone. I'd be going from one crappy owner to another crappy owner. You're talking about the, the the class act that the Maras are. You're calling class them act. crappy class act. Yes. How dare I? It's heretical there to say that the owner is only a force of good in this in this league. It's always the players. But there's no. Wrong, okay. What I'm trying to say is, the, the, you know, John Mara is is a nutless monkey compared but he to drives his father. everything. I mean, he does. But but the, he's no worse than the rest of the ownership in the football league. Like he's not like he's not too cheap to own a team. It's not like. It's not like the Bengals ownership or some of these owners that almost like they're sat, you know, or Mark Davis, who just seems like he's insane. John Mars is just a nutless monkey, which to me is probably most of the owners in the NFL. Probably is. And I just, I, I just, the whole like, oh, Odell's got to learn how to be a leader. Yeah, oh, terrible. Horrible. I mean, that just turned me off. That, that was like, but they, but they paid Odell. Me. in the end, Odell won, right? He won that battle. Sort of, but this was after he signed the contract. Even he's still. No, like, I know, but like, it hasn't really. No, he hasn't won the battle because Eli's still the quarterback. Well, no, but that's that battle is going to be won. Also, the, the thing is, and I, I said this yet, I was going to divorce the Giants if they traded Odell because there was rumors that they were going to, because that would show that would just be beyond the pale. So, I, you know, they signed Odell. They gave him the money. I think, like, even though they're nutless, like they're not, they're not as bad as they could have been. Maybe, maybe, but right now I'm gonna ride this season out. It's like changing rules in a fancy league midseason. You can't do it. You got to wait till after this. They franchised you. The Bengals franchised you, and now you're stuck this season. Yeah, this is the seventeenth year in a row they've done that too. <laughs> they really. That's really just like Marvin Lewis. You got to be more Lev Bell. You I used to. Lev- you know, the thing is about Marvin Lewis. I'm so conflicted because well, I'm not as conflicted as I used to be. I was conflicted because he legit did turn around the franchise. 
You know, this this was a bigger joke of a team than he had before he was there. there. What's that? He turned it around or the franchise happened to turn around and he just happened to be standing on the sideline when it happened. Little column A, little column B. I, I, I think he was a positive force. I really do. I mean, Bengals have had some really crappy teams, really crappy coaches. And the thing is, the one constant has been the Brown family. Not Paul Brown. He was dead by then. But Mike Brown running the team into the ground uh, and getting all these subsidies. The thing, Here's the thing. There's no punishment for being a crappy franchise. You still make money hand over fist in the NFL well, and, and MLB for that matter too now. There is a punishment. There is a punishment. You just have to be willing to dole it out. Yeah. Uh, no, there isn't because they well, could draw nobody. It out. They still make all this money in the world off the TV contract. I'd have to stop playing foot, fantasy football. I'd have to stop watching football and no, get, it, encourage a hundred million people to do the same. That's the only it, way it, I benefit. No, you gotta, you gotta uh, read a little Immanuel Kant. Act only on that maxim. You would will to be a universal law. You can't. It's not up to you to make everybody else do something. You can't. That's not in your control. But you can do what you think everybody should do. And if you believe the Bengals have not delivered uh, on their contract with you as a team that you're a fan of, you can just stop rooting for them and never go to a Bengals game. And if everybody felt that way and nobody went to their games, they would be punished. Here's where I admit I have not been to a game in like 20 years. <laughs> right. I have never been to but a game in Paul Brown's stadium. It's not a principle. You would, be, you, would go, you would have gone to a game had you had the opportunity. And Bengals already don't draw. Take a look at the stands from the last two games. Uh, at halftime, it was a third full, but the Tampa Bay game before that, it was empty at the start of the game. And this was a, uh, for a team that you know hadn't yet collapsed. I mean, the defense, oh, no, they, they make the playoffs uh, before the uh, Saints game. I think they'd be a, one of the wild cards, right? That that was correct. Uh, now, now I think they're they might even still be alive. I have to pull up the. I mean, they still might be there because the rest the Dolphins of them. lost. Yeah, I mean the, the the see the AFC is top heavy. I mean, it, there's just not a whole lot of depth to it. There's like four good teams. There's the Steelers. We've teams. talked about the Steelers, the Pats, uh, the Chargers, Chiefs. Five teams. I, I'd include the Titans in there now. I don't know. I mean, the Texans are six and three, and the Titans are like what are they're they, actually what are the behind the Texans. That's a good point. <laughs> a valid point. The Texans. I, I they've won six in a row. I, I don't get it. I, I don't think they're very good, but here they are. You know what's interesting? Who do the Giants beat this year? The Texans at uh, at uh, Houston. I saw that. And at Carolina, uh, the the Panthers needed a sixty one yard field goal to beat them. Yep, that's right. One win, one win this year. Holy cow! Don't mess with the Giants. They're a very dangerous team. Yeah, that, that, that don't mess. They only don't. do well. They only play well against playoff teams. Good thing they haven't had any other playoff games. Yeah, no, they've had. They're, they're yeah. Well, they play the anyway. play the Niners tonight. Big preview. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I think I said 24, 23 giants. The, the only the thing about the giants that I love so much is even though the team's a joke and I actually don't care if they win a game because I actually want them to get a better pick is that Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham are so exciting to watch. Like I love watching those guys, like any play they can take it to the house. There's, there's no receiver I'd rather watch than Beckham. And I'm not just saying that as a giants fan and there's no running back. I'd rather watch than Barkley. So it's just, it's always exciting unless it's like that Dallas game, which was just unwatchable or the Eagles game. There's been some terrible games, but even, even in some of those games, you see Barkley or Beckham make ridiculous plays. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and yet here we are 150 points through eight games. That's, that's the, it's all Eli. It's gotta be Eli. 
Well, those are the only two guys who do anything. Shepard gets involved sometimes too, but that's basically it. So even though they have a meager output, it's so concentrated. I mean, they have like the narrowest tree in the league. Yeah. By the way, who scored the fewest points in the NFL so far? This year? Yeah. I mean, I would have said the Bills, but the 41 might have, you're saying like, put them. Yeah. And granted, they have a game in hand over the team that's below them. There is one team that's worse than them. Uh, I see. They, they've played one more game, the Bills? Yeah. yeah. Not, so the Bills are actually Because the Bills worse, have their bye in week 11. So Right. Um, I would say, I'd have to think about it. I'm sure I would get it pretty quick if I uh, went through the entire league. Are the Giants last? No. They, this team has scored 124 points. The Giants have scored 150. Oh, okay. That seems substantial. There's the Raiders? No. The Raiders have scored 147. Okay. Then I NFC would have team. To, uh, AFC or NFC? NFC. Cardinals? Yes. Arizona yeah. Cardinals, 124 points in nine games. They have a negative 101 point differential. The, uh, the, the Raiders are worse at one, negative 125. The Bills are at negative 114. But still, it's pretty eye-opening. That, that, you know, and I think they're getting better. I think Arizona is better with the coordinator change. Uh, Wilkes, I don't know about him. I'm not. I, I don't know. I'd like, you know, I don't, they haven't had a functional offense all year, so it's kind of hard to blame the, the first-year head coach for that. But, uh, yeah, it, get that that uh, coordinator change was absolutely desperately needed. So we'll see. I think they're better now. But, you know, they still got to win some every once in a while. Yeah, if they could play the Niners every week, they'd be fun. Yeah, they could. They're, they're 2-0 against the Niners and 0-7 against the rest of the league. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how the Giants do. I'm, I'm really, I'm actually looking forward to this game. Yeah, uh, I think the, and here's the thing: the Niners have scored 207 points in the same in the same number of games. So, you know, they're in, in nine games, same name number as the Cardinals, at least. Uh, they're not bad. It's just they're, at least I, I don't feel that they're feel that they're as bad offensively. I mean, they, they've got parts that are pretty interesting. I think they've been decimated by injuries, starting with Garoppolo, but and McKinnon at the beginning of the season too, and you know a lot of a lot of linemen that always hurts too. So we'll see, but I, I, this should be a, a scintillating battle for a, the ages tonight. It'll actually be entertaining. Uh, some other news I want to talk about. Uh, we talked about this on Sirius and XM on today's show. The Rams they lost Cooper Cup with a torn ACL and. You and I both think that it's not just that they're missing him and the next guy up, but that the rest of the offense kind of is a fulcrum off of this a little bit. It hurts them a lot. Uh, lose that one guy that's such a great route runner, it changes their offense a lot. Yeah, they just used him in a lot of different ways. I mean, that stupid jet sweep, which is kind of like the Wildcat from 10 years ago. It's like, okay, we, we, we get it. I think people are a little bit more onto the Rams. Goff's getting sacked more. Mm-hmm. Their their schemes are not quite as tricky, and then Cup was such a key part. And I'm not even sure he was 100, percent you know. But when he came back, he was decent, but he was really a huge part of it. And yeah, like Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks made some great catches in that game. I mean, he's more athletic and a better receiver than people realize. He's not just like a, a speed guy, but he's small, and Robert Woods is average to small, and Gurley's amazing, but. I don't know, man. I just feel like they're missing one piece and people are more onto them. And it's not quite the same just juggernaut that it was the first five or six games. So still obviously a good team, but it's just not, you know, it's just like the Patriots in 2007. They were like, you know, they were undefeated during the regular season, but they were winning by like 40 every game. And then the second half, they stopped covering the spread teams caught onto them. 
it's not as extreme as that because the Patriots are even better, but it's similar in the sense that it's just not taking people by surprise anymore. No, it isn't. And but that's that's the league in a nutshell too. I mean that you they, this is a team that didn't reveal anything in the preseason. Right. Uh, so they that gave them that little bit extra element of surprise, and they they stayed healthy for the most part when they when they and lost. Yeah, go ahead. They they use the same personnel on all the snaps. Like they're the one team that just has like the same people in the whole time. They just don't sub very much. Once in a while, Malcolm Brown will come in for Gurley, but they have the same three receivers, one tight end. They they switch up the tight ends and golf, the same offensive line every single time. They line up in that eleven personnel: the three receivers, one tight end, one running back every time. And so it's like the reps they have; they all know exactly where to be. They're all in sync. And maybe early in the year, when teams are taking time to catch up, it's most effective. But as you get going and teams are are also kind of more in sync and see what you're doing, we'll see. Yeah, uh, maybe. But then maybe they'll make those, the other counter adjustments to what teams are doing, adjusting to them, too. So, I mean, I think McVay is smart enough. Goff is smart enough to be able to make that adjustment. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I mean, let's also do they have the personnel, you know, I mean, do they have Matt? Can they, you know, they create a lot of space in their in their scheme, but. Do they have guys? I mean, Cooks is really fast and agile, and so I think he's almost like an Antonio Brown with even more long speed if used properly. But they don't, you know, it's not like they have a Julio Jones or, you know, a more physical big receiver. They don't have a tight end that can dominate. They still have a lot. You know, they have Gurley and they have Cooks, but it's not like the offense is loaded with like all sorts of weapons. Yeah, uh, that's true. That is true. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to this game next week. You know they play the Chiefs in Mexico City in Week 11 here. Yeah, that should be a great you game. You see what the total is in that game? Um, I didn't see it. And don't tell me the spread because i got to guess it uh, tonight, tomorrow. But I'll say the total is 62. It, keep going. It's 64. Wow, 64. I, what I read was it's the highest regular season total ever in the NFL. I heard that the totals that are over 57 and a half, they've like gone over like almost all the time. Yeah, the Saints Rams certainly did. They're like almost always Easily. It's an over. Like they it goes went up, to 80 I like think that. in that game, right? It was it was uh yeah. pack, it was a Big 12 game. It was an old school uh, Mountain West game. Uh yeah. you know, love I love seeing and hey, I, I probably won't want every game to be like that, but man, it's fun when you get two. Here's 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 the here's the stat. Like it's Jonathan Bales tweeted this out. He said uh there have been 11 games that have had a, a total of 57 and a half or higher over the past 15 years, and every single one has gone over and by an average of more than 10 points. Why did he choose 57 and a half? Uh, probably because at 57, one of them didn't go over. Right. But still, it's you know, the narrative, yeah. There's been 11 and 57 and a half, and every single one has gone over. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, and hey, I can't wait. You know, Mahomes and the Chiefs, they've kind of sort of slowed down lately. Uh, someone was pointing out, was it Tom or was it, was it a reader that pointed out that, uh, like Roth, like Roethlisberger has outperformed Mahomes for the last. No, no, no. It's Trubisky. Trubisky that has, that's right. That that's, that's exactly it. That was Bennett who did the work. I, I yes. said, I saw a stat that like since week four, they're like neck and neck, uh, between Mahomes and, uh, and Trubisky. And then Bennett said it's a different scoring system. I think it was like Tristan Cockroft or somebody, they use he always uses like the ESPN scoring system if he tweets right. something like that out. So there may be differences for 
passing yards versus rushing yards or whatever. Did you realize uh, this game uh, last this this game yesterday for against the Cardinals was the Chiefs' lowest score of the year at twenty six? I didn't realize that, but if you would ask me if twenty if they ever scored twenty six or lower, I would probably say no. Yeah, twenty six and then twenty seven against the Broncos on Monday night in Denver. Uh, those are the only two times they've scored less than 30 points this year. This well, year. They, that's, they that's sacked amazing. Mahomes five times. They didn't have Sammy Watkins, which doesn't yeah. sound like that big a deal, but it's entire kill went off, but it's one less guy to worry about. So yeah. speaking of Watkins, uh, there's, uh, Adam Teicher. He's the ESPN chiefs reporter, uh, suggests that, uh, that he, he is, uh, Likely to play on Monday night. It's a Monday night okay. game too. That that one in Mexico City, and then there both teams are on by in Week Twelve. So I know I had someone like ask like, should I uh, hold on to quarterbacks X quarterback X because I've got Mahomes? I'm like, yeah, you know, you might want to, you know, or, or no, they he didn't have they didn't have Mahomes or Golf, but they had two really good quarterbacks. Like you know, try to sell them, hold on to them, and sell them for the week. You know, then Week Twelve when your opponent's got one of those guys and by you can extract a pretty decent premium perhaps. Uh, but anyways, a uh, couple other notes. C.J. Anderson cut by the uh, Panthers. Little, it doesn't matter to us right now, but it's just kind of a the final rebuke for those who was like, oh, McCaffrey's not going to get that much work. C.J. Anderson's certainly going to get hit, you know ten touches a game, right? They didn't bring in C.J. Anderson for no reason, dude. Yeah, they clearly brought. You know, he's still got lots lots left in the tank, or not. You know, yeah, well, it's not tank. I mean, he's only been in the league like four or five years. It's not like he's old. The he average running back good. career is three years. You know, well, it wasn't because it wasn't because of injuries, though. I, I think no. I think with C.J. Anderson, what happened was McCaffrey a has held up pretty well. He's scored some touchdowns finally, which has made his value like really first round value where he was drafted. I hated McCaffrey this year. I thought it was a total fraud that he was being drafted there, but I was wrong about that. But the thing is. um, but my process was awesome. No, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but the, but the thing, the thing is that I don't think it's McCaffrey. I mean, it's partly McCaffrey holding up really well. He's McCaffrey. If you notice is he's never even on the injury report. Right. So like he's, yeah. he's getting, I'm pulling up McCaffrey's page. You know, he's not having a crazy workload because he's not really a workhorse. I mean, he is because of the catches, but if you look at his carries, it's 10, eight, then he had 28. Okay. Against the Bengals, but anyone would, Keep going against Bengals. 17, 8, 7, 14, 17, 14. It's pretty heavy. I mean, you know, the Melvin Gordon Todd Gurley get 19, 20, 18. It's not too far off. And then he's always getting lots of catches. So he's been a first round value because he's caught so many passes and he's had enough of a, a running workload to put him over the top. And now the touchdowns have just made him a basically a first round type player. Um, but I don't think it's, it's, so it's partly that, but they still would need a second back. It's not, that's not why I think they got rid of him. I think it's partly because they have Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. I was just going like to say, they this, run those jet in sweeps new, in, a, in a good way though. Yeah. In this new NFL, why do you need some, you know, mediocre plotting backup running back when you have these receivers who are hybrids who are like really good runners, you know, they they may as well just have all these guys who can catch passes and run, and be tricky out of the backfield. So right, they're not I running out of two tight end running back fullback formations. That's right. You know, there right. there's like four wides. There's you know, it's constant motion before the snap. Yeah, it creates all these mismatches and it works. You know, yeah. it, you know the team. You know, the Rams do this jet sweep. You talked about that. I don't mind it when the Rams do it because they kind of do it right. You know, well they did it right. They they do it. They did it, but it's. 
It's just not. Dude, it, it worked was like for a touchdown for Cooks. Uh, they a got a runner. touchdown for Cooks. Okay, so that was good. But they got totally stuffed, and it almost cost them the game on that first and ten. It was a dumb call. Yeah, they, they lost seven one, on that one. That's the downside. They, they, they went to it one too many times, and it just was the wrong call because you, well, know, you wanted to get four or five get, yards. Yeah, you want either you wanted to play action and throw a, a pass down the field and just end it on one pass, easy, right. or you wanted to get four or five yards and just, you know, get the first down the old fashioned way. But you, d- you definitely did not want to pitch it back, you know, seven yards in the backfield and try to trick them. That was just a dumb idea at that time. And I just don't think it's been as effective lately as it has early in the year where it's like, holy crap, look at this thing coming out of nowhere. Right. I would think that, you know, the, the downside of that, that play call too is the, the threat of the pass wasn't there at all. There is no, you know, that's, that's why it didn't work. So they got penetration quickly. Uh, they're like, oh, well, this guy's going. Well, we'll, we'll stay with them here. As but they opposed- knew that, but they knew like they were going to play the run hard because they had no other choice. Right. So the the play was play action and throw the ball, not play action and hand it off on a jet sweep. Right. I, I agree. Do a regular route down the field. You know, what I mean, they would have had time. Anyway. Yeah, I hear you. I don't really care because at that point they had blown the cover anyway. Yeah. So, but this is uh. My mea culpa for the hour, not even for the day. It's I do a couple a day at least. Uh, that I was completely wrong about. I have no McCaffrey, so I'm. I'm no, I was I'm leading the Christian, the anti-Christian McCaffrey train, not you, Jeff. Yeah, well, I, I'm. I'm. I, I'm right there as like the first chair uh, behind yeah. you, behind the conductor, because I, yeah. I have 15 leagues and I don't have them anywhere. No, well, I, I think did, I, I have them. I have them one place actually, in that fantasy football evolution game. Ah, oh, there you go. Uh, and he's been, it's been great having him there. I've got Kareem Hunt and McCaffrey, uh, and then like the Niners backs or something like that. It's been, you know, it's just kind of random, but. Uh, Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one on one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Anyways, uh, no one cares. Moving on. Uh, the, the Bucks. they announced that Fitzmagic is going to be the quarterback again this week. And I, I don't really have, you know, I, actually, I have a dog in this fight. I have a lot of Fitzpatrick. I either held on to him in one place or picked him up in a couple, a couple other when he got the job back. So, I, yeah, I'm kind of invested in him keeping the job, especially because I've got him as my backup when Mahomes is on by next in week 12. I could really, you know, I'm hoping that he hangs on, but he, he's really not that good. Uh, but, he sucks. Yeah. He's terrible. His, I mean, come on. His he's person, a good backup. He's, better, he's a good but backup is he better quarterback than in real life. Is he better or, or, than Winston or not? Um. I think Winston's better, and I think Winston's obviously has way more upside. I think <laughs> I don't think Winston's played that well this year. It's only been a couple of games. I don't know. Fitzpatrick is what he is. He's just you know he's going to make a ton of mistakes. He's going to make some plays, and it's it's dumb. I don't care. I mean, I, I have him in the uh, one league where you have two QBs, and I'm like, okay, fine. That's a lost cause. Um, but I don't know. It's just. It's not the right call, man. If you're this team, I mean, Fitzpatrick, if he were playing out of his mind and maybe he's like a pitcher who's 35, who's discovered a new pitch or something, that's fine. But I think we now can see that the, that the Fitzpatrick that we 
have known over the years is the same guy that's that's here now. Yeah, um, yeah, probably right. I, I don't think he's very good. Uh, this is and here you know Dirk Cutter like he he's annoying too. I don't know how to react to this. So he took over all the play calling yesterday. They did roll up 500 yards, right? So it could have been all bad, uh, the play calling. But at the same time, he, he's got an offensive coordinator that's pretty good, and they've been putting up points. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I, you know, I don't know what to think about this. Well, he's probably going to lose his job, so you know, someone else is going to be making these decisions. The, uh, the yards to me are something, but I think we get a little too far when we put the indicator, you know, the cart before the horse, the indicator – ahead of the result. If you're like, okay, would you rather have a team that scored, you know, that averages X yards per game uh, going forward for next week? Or would you rather have a team that only got this many yards, but they scored this many points, which offense would you rather have? I would get the one that averaged more yards for next week. But for last week, there's nothing to answer. It's already been answered. (laughs) They scored three points. It was a bad performance. Right. You know, I mean, it's not like, I, I think this is just this weird thing that people do is they, they look backwards with indicators. Indicators are forward looking. They're like, if you strike out more guys and don't walk guys, then your ERA should be better. But if your ERA is six and you're Jeff Samarja a couple of years ago, you're 4.7. And despite pitching in the pitcher's park and best pitcher's park in baseball, you can't say, Oh, but he was great. Look at the indicators. That's just, you can't do it like that. It doesn't work like that. They're only working predictively forward. Once the result is in, it's in. So, I don't even see, I don't understand people saying, oh, but they got all these yards. It doesn't, to me, that's, it was a, a total failure on offense. I mean, the field goals were bad luck and they cut the kicker just now, but that's not, that was only, you know, two of the drives. Yeah, it's more like Katon zero now, now that he's yeah. been cut. But uh, it's, I, I get your point there. And, going, you know, it, it's just one. It's one indicator. It's not the the sole indicator. You know that that's the other thing. But even if it's a good indicator, it's a good indicator of future performance, right? But mm-hmm. this is something that happened in the past. It didn't work, right? It's it's like I don't know. There's so many examples I could give, but it's like saying I don't know. It's like it's like saying well the weather report said it wasn't going to rain, and that's a really good indicator of it being sunny out. So I didn't bring an umbrella, and then it rains, and you get soaked. You can't go back and say, yeah, but man, my process was awesome. The, the weather report is just, <laughs> that's such a smart way to do it is look at the weather. I mean, you, now you're soaked, you know, you catch pneumonia and you die. You know, it's like, okay, well, but the weather report, you know, it's like, to me, that's what that's doing. The weather report said one thing, but the reality was something else. Who True. cares how often the weather report's right? It was wrong. It was just unequivocally wrong. The offense failed. They scored three points in a home game. It's a decent defense, but still. Yeah, they missed a couple field goals, but when you fumble and throw two picks and just cannot execute in the red zone, which is a little bit different to red zone execution is not exactly the same as have, you know, executing when the defense has to cover the entire field either. That's right. A couple other things I wanted to talk about. Uh, the you know we were, there was some you know Joe Flacco hurt his hip in practice during the bye week, or maybe it was hurt before it was revealed during the bye week. At any rate. They're saying if he's healthy, he'll start. They're backing. They're backtracking from the Lamar Jackson talk. And today, there's a note that even if he is out, they're not guaranteed that it's not guaranteed that Jackson will start. It could be RG three because they want to make sure they have their best chance to win. And I just don't get that. I just don't get that at all. 
How how is Lamar playing? Not playing Lamar Jackson, their best chance to win. I just, mm. yeah. So I picked up Lamar Jackson in literally every league. And I, I know you beat me, me to much. it. It was annoying. <laughs> I have him like in like eight leagues. I actually picked him up in the two QB leagues, you know, beforehand just in case. But well, I mean, there are two different things, right? The Ravens, a, are they still in it? I guess they are because that last wild card is kind of wide open. The Bengals suck. Dolphins suck. The Titans look better, but their record's not good. You know, the Ravens actually do have a, a legit shot at that last wild card, right? Because the Chargers are getting one. Yeah, and they have a and good. The last defense. one's up for grabs. Yeah. And so, okay, so that's legit. So they want to win. So what gives them the best chance? Well, they think it's Flacco. Flacco has just been such dog shit for like six years. And I don't understand why, you know, it's just, it's just pathetic. It's like, just let these guys go already. Like, just see what happens. So, okay, so Flacco is able to go. He's going. But then it's like, if he's not able to go, RG3, he has experience. But RG3 has been terrible since his rookie year. Horrible. And Lamar Jackson, I think they see that he's raw. He's not really ready. But that's what they thought about Deshaun Watson, too, when in, in the preseason that year. They started Tom Savage over him. So just let the guy play. You know, it's like, oh, but we can't take a chance. If we lose this game, it could be over. It is a big game between the Bengals, right? It's like a, it's a sort of a, the loser's pretty much in big trouble, especially right. if it's the Ravens to lose. Especially with the Steelers and, rolling, too. Well, no, I mean, division is gone, but it's, it's just the question is who's going to get the wild card if, yeah, if there is one in true. that division. But it, it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I understand they don't need to. They don't need to start Lamar Jackson yet. If they if they do fall out of it, they'll have plenty of time to do that. But RG three, man, come on. But then the, then you ask, like, why is even RG three on the roster? If they think Lamar Jackson's gives them a better chance to win now, why would they even have him on the roster? Mm, that's a good point. Good question. Well, you know, there's there was talk like last week, even before the flag injury. Okay, we're going to give Lamar Jackson a series this time, a full series. And then they kind of backed off that too. I don't know. Maybe they're just, tr- maybe they're trying to fool the Bengals. Maybe, maybe they're just trying to, they don't like, need to fool the Bengals. The Bengals defense is the most fools. generous defense in the history yeah, of the NFL. Right. There's no, Oh, let's fool them. Maybe they'll not give up the most points and the most yards. So they've the last three games, the Bengals have given up over 500 yards each of the last three games. First time that's happened since 1963. So, right. So is, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but we need to fool them on the RG three, uh, Lamar Jackson swap. That's going to really, that's, that's the, that's They've a great had move. one good defensive game all year against the uh, dolphins who just can't get it out of their own. It's a joke, by the way, the dolphins are five and five. I mean, they're, they're better at home. I get that, but what a joke. Yeah, they're a joke. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the 37 frauds in the 30 team, 32 team NFL, but, uh, they're just really bad. Uh, I want to talk about a little, you know, there's news that Chris Carson is healthy again. Uh, that they expect him to be able to go on Thursday. And this is a change from a note earlier. Just saw this happen right before the podcast started. You know, Rashad Penny looked really good. Happens to be a you know a first round pick. You know, Mario Puig all along has been saying, "Hey, he's still good. It's just he needs to be at his right weight. He's at his right weight. He looked great against the Rams yesterday." And you know, there's a, a quote from uh, Pete Carroll saying, "We can't guarantee all three backs are going to get touches when all, when they're all healthy." If it's Penny that loses out, that's just like so self-weighting. Yeah, almost Penny-wise, pound foolish. Almost, almost. Uh, so here, here's here's the thing. I could see Mike Davis being the odd man out if Carson's healthy because Mike Davis had that horrible drop. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't even a big deal. It would have been like second and six, but he dropped it second and ten. <clears throat> he played fine, though. He got like five yards of carry and caught some passes, but he's just not dynamic. And so if they want to win, I think Penny and Carson, who's like a bruiser, just, 
you know, just runs super hard. That would be the combo to use, but it's easy to locker room wise and just discipline wise. It's easy to just crap on the rookie. A lot of coaches do that. I don't know why they took him in the first round. If he's going to, you know, I understand if he was out of shape and didn't look good. And so, okay, they didn't play him until he was in shape, but now what's the point? I mean, now he looks great. What's the point of, you know, not using him now? Well, you'd figure most teams, and I say most, would be rational and get, put their best players in position, especially at this point in the season where if you got a chance to make the playoffs, then the Seahawks do have a chance at the wild card. They're 4 and 5. Right now they're behind the Carolina who's 6 and 3, the Vikings are 5 3 and 1, the Packers who they're playing are 4 4 and 1. The, the, those are the only three teams they're behind, you know, they can they go ahead of the Packers and ahead to if they beat them head to head. I mean, that's a pretty important game right then and there. Yeah, it's not that hard to envision them, you know, catching up to either the Panthers or the Vikings for one of the other two spots. I mean, they could go on a run. They're done playing the Rams. They've got, I think, a couple of games, at least two games left against the Cardinals and the Niners. Uh, so they're scheduled probably, and they play the Panthers next week. So everything is kind of set up for them to go on a run. Uh, they play all the teams they need to play head to head. They play the Niners. They play the Vikings. They play right. the Niners again. Uh, they get a Cardinals so, game. Someone still. nine and seven. I mean, well, maybe not nine and seven. Ten and six, they'll get in for sure. Yeah, they were to go if they were to go six and one, five and two, nine and seven. They might if that second wild card comes from that right. level. Depends on how the Packers and the but and Vikings th- my do. point though too is they get to play the teams they're going that they're competing yep. against for that spot. I mean, it's right there in front of them. Uh, this is a big week. This is a big week for them. So. You're right. I think Mike Davis should be the odd guy out. But then again, he should have always been the odd guy out, and he hasn't been. Yeah, and he's been okay. It's not like he's been bad. So right. who knows, man? This is stupid. Yeah. I don't know. I just found that interesting there. Uh, one other thing. You know, we always I, – I probably may have culpa too soon. I hate the, like, look at me sort of things. I got a random guy tweeted at us and the station uh, for, like, oh, I told this one guy to say uh, – to start Corey Davis this week. If you want a real fantasy expert, Matthew Berry didn't say this. So, of course, I looked at his timeline because I'm just that sort of guy to do that. Um, and he had some other real good ones there, too. Uh, that Not that he, of course, he didn't uh, promote. So I just, it, it was really funny. And, like, I got to f- figure out the ex- Oh, yeah. He said, uh, you know, start Sterling, uh, Marvin Jones over uh, Leonard Fournette. So, you know, don't take that victory lap so fast because then someone might just go ahead and look at your history. Uh, right. All. Yeah. Oh, so he, he's he's mocking you for making a wrong call and he's got wrong call. I didn't, his, well, I didn't even make that call. He's just trying no. to promote his own good pick to the whole world. He's, he sent tweets to like eight different, pe- you know, fancy people and he dragged down Matthew Berry and Brad Evans in the process. So, you know, he said, these guys didn't do it. And then he copied us on that. Like okay, yeah. I didn't. I never saw it. Uh, but you know, th- that's like you know, come on, that's just like getting in an argument with an insane person on the yeah. street or something. I know it's punching down a little bit. It probably shouldn't even do <laughs> exactly. that. Exactly. Like, yeah, but it's just it just struck you me saw there. you saw the tweets I had with that guy. I mean, I, I actually thought it was really funny. But you know, Dalton and me, we put out the uh, super contest picks, and of course, whenever we have the Bills or the Cardinals or the Niners, which is often, they're like, "How could you bet on the Bills? That's a ridiculous pick." And I'm like, okay, well, if you feel that way, just put a huge bet on the Jets. I always say that. And then the guys are like, well, no, I just wouldn't touch that game. You know, they weasel out. This guy right. goes, already did. <laughs> yep. So, of course, the, the Jets are laying six and a half, and they, and they lose 41 to 10, and it wasn't even that close. 
And I just was like, this is a real man shit right here. You know, like he's like, yeah, I already did put a huge bet. You guys don't know shit. Real man identifies a bad pick against the spread, calls it out and then bets like crazy on the other side. So that's, I just thought was, uh, was funny. It, it's a little cheap though. I, I was saying that like after the fact, it's easy to call guys out because you know, it's obviously we know what happened, but mm-hmm. no matter what. And this other guy said, yeah, but anybody who's like, that's ridiculous. When you're talking about a, a pick against the spread, which is basically 50, 50, he's like, he deserves ridicule. Like yeah. no pick against the spread is ridiculous. Right. And yet, agree. and yet you get that all the time in staff picks or in beating the book in the comments. I get in the value meter every once in a while, but I'll say this, I'll give credit. Someone actually said, Hey, you had this and this different. I, I listened to you and it worked. And it was like, Oh, I, I you never, or I argued, I think they even argued against me. Like, Hey, Gavin, get credit where credit's due. You were right. Uh, so that every once in a while you get that and yeah, I'll listen to that person a little bit. More. I get it all the time, Jeff. I don't know about you. I get that all the time. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Uh, but, but no, but again, like, uh, people, they, you know, they can, it's basically if, if someone argues that you're against the spread pick is ridiculous, yeah. they're a novice. Right. If someone argues that you don't agree because X, Y, and Z. Okay. That's fine. Right. That's, that's right. That's absolutely right. Uh, so yeah, it's like that. And so, Hey, when we're obviously wrong on this podcast, tell us before the game start or whatever, or, you know, usually we're not predicting games. Yeah. Afterwards. Tell us afterwards. Yeah. Jeff, like tell Jeff afterwards. Yeah. So what are you working on for East coast offense this week? So I was talking about this a bit. My, my main, I usually like one like sort of essay and then I just like throw in the trivia and the other stuff. Um, the essay is uh, based on, uh, it's basically what I was saying about indicators, but the same thing with uh, process, which is process is basically like using correct indicators mostly, um, which is that I, I saw a pundit, uh, he was getting crap for saying that uh, people shouldn't start Eric Ebron because he had low volume. And then of course Ebron scored three touchdowns in the first half. And these guys are defending each other on the Ebron call saying, no, no, I mean, come on, he had such low volume. It was the right call. And I'm thinking like, don't, I just, you know, pro tip to a pundit to someone who makes predictions and gets called out when they're wrong. And I make plenty. I was, as I said, anti Christian McCaffrey more than anybody leading the charge. Um, just own it and be like, yeah, that was wrong. I, you know, it don't be like my process was awesome. So it doesn't matter that it was wrong as a really bad way to go about it. Uh, because, um, your process is not something that absolves you from the result. Okay. <laughs> your process is something that gets you better results on average in the future, more often than not, if it's good, you might just think it's good. It actually sucks. But if you get it wrong, you got it wrong. It's like the, the, you know, it's like the weather channel. It's like, yeah, usually it's right. Oh wait, it's raining, you know? And, uh, and that's, you know, that's, you you can't do that. You, you, the process only goes in one direction. So I'm going to write about that and how, you know, you're misunderstanding what process means. Process is a set of, um, a system that you have for, you know, using probability and, doing a good job of forecasting. Right. It doesn't help you when you made a wrong forecast in the past. And it's, it's actually irrelevant to anybody who's subscribing to your work, relying on your stuff, is using your stuff. It's irrelevant what your process is in that situation. You're, you're in your own head. You think that this is what's important. You and the other people who make predictions, who are trying to console yourselves for getting it wrong. But it, that is irrelevant. It is not backward-looking. Process is forward-looking only. So when you get it wrong, you say, yeah, I was totally wrong. Terrible prediction. Move on. That's it. That's right. Um, you have to. Uh, you have to be honest with yourself. And you can, you can say, okay, what went wrong about me being wrong? How was I wrong? I think that's important. 
I think that you do that. I I think the best reviews, like season reviews of like leagues that you're in, especially expert leagues, are not the victory leagues, not the victory laps, but at the what went wrong? What was wrong with my process? Where was but, I wrong? But but if if you're so convinced that your process is so good and you say, oh, well, my process was good. What went wrong is I had bad luck. Variance went wrong. Then, then I did the right thing. I made the right call. This guy was a high volume guy and he was in a good offense and it just didn't pan out, you know, but my, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm going to keep doing the exact same thing. That's what those guys must be saying. No, because I, not all. I think the there's I, I read plenty of good stuff out there. More in baseball than football. I feel like football, I don't see it as often, but maybe I'm reading more baseball than I am football. But I, I see a lot of people that uh, do better, do good self-criticism uh, for ba- for, for ba- in, in our industry in baseball. They do? Like what if they get a prospect wrong, that they say, oh, come on, prospects are too risky. You can't, you can't pick Ronald Acuna to be a, uh, a monster. Or like, hey, I, I thought this guy was going to, you know, this, this, this pitch was going to, you know, learning this pitch was going to make him a better pitcher, or whatever the case may be. Or I spent, you know, I waited too late to, you know, I did, you know, it's a categorical league too, of course, so it's a little bit different. You know, like I, you know, I, I, I botched closers this year, or I, I, I should not have invested in catchers this earlier. You know, this year, know, but that's not questioning their process so much. That's just like the fact. Sure. But it, right, it's, oh, e- but, it's easy to say, oh, I, I got the wrong closers; they lost their job. But they say, wow, my evaluation of closers is just off base. I've I seen to, that before. I've seen that before. Like, I'm oh, not saying you've never seen it before. I'm saying to me, that's like, I hope I've done it before. Actually, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I you know, I, I think, you know, you have to adjust your draft style. I mean, I certainly, if you don't, if you're not cashing in the NFBC and it's consistently not cashing in the NFBC, clearly your process is wrong. Well, I mean, that's the ultimate say, arbiter, right? Well, no, because you, you know, you're not playing a hundred entries. I mean, if you're playing two, two or three entries a year, and you're cashing like, you know, one out of every ten entries, two out of every ten. Well, not cashing, one out of every three entries, one out of every four entries. That's about what the true odds are for everybody if everybody were equal. So if you if you're supposed to cash one out of every four and you only play two or three a year, you could easily go a two year span without cashing. Sure, just due sure. to bad I luck. I'll speculate. I'll and you could also that. get like two or three caches in a year, just due to good luck. You know, you happen to have some of the same players, and that, those guys have been crazy. It's very easy to like justify whatever you want. You know, it's very easy. Yeah. You'd have to have like a very compellingly long track record without cashing before you said, wow, like I, I suck at this. How about DFS? I think that's easier to say that, right? If you play a lot of contests, I think if you only put one entry in, of course, you're, that's not enough. But say if you're, you're playing like every night, say mega, basketball, you're playing every tournament. night or baseball, you're playing every day. And if you're playing cash games every day, and you keep losing money over the long haul, it's probably easy to see that you're doing something wrong. Right. Cause that, then you're, you're, those are, you know, 50, 50 or head to heads or even maybe not even double ups where it's not quite, it's a little less than 50, 50 odds. And, and then, or, and of course you're trying to beat the Vegas and all these games too. It's just like sports betting for that matter. Um, I don't know if we're allowed to say, Oh, we're, of course we're allowed to say it. Cause Hey, we've been saying it all the time, all the time. There's a lot of principles that are similar. Yeah, well, I don't know why I would not be allowed to say that, Jeff. We're encouraged. We're now supposed to say it. Right. It's all sports betting all the time. Right. Well, ever since the Supreme Court ruling on that, I think the atmosphere has changed. But still, in state legislatures, it's not the same. It's it's yep. viewed differently. So I'm I still, hope you get arrested for it. I hope you get arrested for. I would live in California. I'm fine. 
I'm totally fine. Yeah. Fine, just fine. Yeah, sure. All right. Anything else you want to say before we sign off this week? No, not really. Um, I uh, it was a good week ten. I hope I get the points I need tonight in a couple of leagues, one of which is against you. Not that I really care about that one, but it would just be nice to beat you because I think you care about it. And uh, yeah, yeah I still care. It. I still got a you know I got a playoff chance. So yeah, yeah, of course, I care. Right. Message, I care. Yeah, so yeah. it will feel good, especially since I beat you in huevos uh, by that uh, tenth of a point. And that one actually mattered. And I got crushed this week by Pete. And now I'm probably on, you know, I'm probably a little on the outside looking in. I was fifth. I'm probably like eighth now. So got some work to do. Yeah. Six more teams on by in week 11. Uh, the entire AFC East plus Cleveland and San Francisco. So no Nick Chubb this week. That hurts a little bit because he's been so good uh, and was so good against the uh, Falcons. Uh, you know, you do. It's going to be a big Zeke Elliott week. He goes faces the Falcons this week. So there you go. Uh, your quick look ahead to week 12. We'll do a lot, our week 11. We'll do a lot more of that in the next couple of shows. Uh, we like to do the guess the spread thing. We'll be doing that on XM on Tuesday. So looking forward to that too. Guess the spread is going to be bigger than chances to win. That's my prediction. It's better. It's just not bigger because we don't have the <laughs> it's interaction. Way better. It's way better. Yeah. You'll see. Guess it's, the spread. it's absolutely it's better. Out. And we, sh- and we can do over unders like we did when we started this podcast talking about, uh, Chiefs sure. and Rams. So I mean, my over under. Yeah, that's good. Actually, good because because I don't calibrate them and I have no idea. It's actually, but I'll see them when I'm doing the spreads. But it, it is actually like a really funny thing to have it totally random. Like, be off by six points. Like, I'm almost never off by more than a handful of points on the spread. Usually, it's like a point or half a point or something. I think I'm going to do something different. I think I'm going to pre-guess them so when we do them on the air, I'll actually have my answers. All right. Dangerous. Don't I cheat. know. Just don't cheat like you usually do. Like I usually do. That's so that's so illicit of you to kind of just throw that in as an aside. Yeah. All right. I think that's a perfect way to wrap this one up here. All right. Thanks for listening to Talking Yank. Chris List, Jeff Erickson. Follow us on Twitter, Jeff underscore Erickson, Chris underscore List. Uh, catch us on XM. And, of course, subscribe to Rotowire. Rotowire.com slash pod will get you your free 10-day trial. And we'll catch you again next week on Talking Yank. Thanks for listening. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.